Hey everyone, welcome to Active and Connected Families. I'm so glad you're here. It is the middle of the Halloween weekend for us in Charlottesville, and we've had like five days off of school. I got to say, I think our whole family is so thankful that we can just chill and relax and be together. We're going to a lot of sporting events, obviously, um, but just like fun family parties. And I feel so thankful to have such a nice community for me and such a nice community for my kids and my husband. Um, Yeah, I feel really fortunate. So thank you to everyone who's listening, who is also watching Robbie Bobby dance. I appreciate it. Also, I have to say that at some of the events that I've been to, people have really, really leaned in to talking to me about my sleep situation and where my children are sleeping. Um, I will let you know when it gets better. I'll keep you updated y'all on where they're sleeping. It's not better yet. So I'm not gonna, I don't have much, but if you want to know about how we're sleeping and any of my embarrassing moments, please go back to listen to the episode with Allison Edgity about sleep for elementary schoolers. You'll learn a lot about me. Also, so then today, y'all, we're going to be talking about how we help kids who are feeling a lot of stress and how and those kids that put a lot of pressure on themselves. And we're going to talk about the contributing factors as well as the strategies that we as parents can use to help our kids achieve a little bit of a better balance because they are working so hard right now. And I know we all want them to do well and also be healthy. Additionally, I realized about three episodes into this is that we've created a little series on parenting high-achieving kids here. Um, If you look back for the past few episodes, we've got an episode on sleep for high-achieving kids or sleep for kids that are really anxious and having a hard time falling asleep. We've got mental fitness with Michael Achenrache and also an episode on on applying to college. So I'm going to finish out this little series in the future by talking about strategies for social anxiety in teens and also social anxiety in college students. If you have any other ideas or questions about what you want to talk about when parenting high-achieving teens, please email me at asovic at virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's A-S-O-V as in Victor I-K at virginiafamilytherapy.com. And as always, if you like this podcast, don't forget to like it and also subscribe because it helps keep this little thing going and we really, really appreciate it. Hope you all have a good week. Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. 
Hey, you all. Welcome to Active and Connected Families. Today, we're going to be talking about how to parent kids who put a lot of pressure on themselves. I see a lot of kids and parents in my practice whose kids are staying up late at night, working so insanely long hours on homework, getting very upset if they don't get straight A's, having difficulty falling asleep because they're worrying, waking up insanely early to get their work done, and expecting to be the best athlete, the best student, the most popular person invited to all of the parties and do everything absolutely perfectly. And a lot of times parents will say, I'm not putting this pressure on them. In fact, I wish they would get a B. I think it would be great for them to get a B. Or I think sleep is way more important than how hard they're working on their homework, but they put this pressure on themselves. So how do I work with that? So if you're in this boat, I have some strategies to help you all parent through this type of kid and also we can talk about some contributing factors to that experience of pressure that kids are putting on themselves. So first of all, let's talk about why are kids putting so much pressure on themselves these days. And it's not kids across the board, but it is certainly a sliver of a high achieving population that put a ton of expectations on their shoulders. And there are a lot of different factors. And the first is to look at the individual level. So individually, there some kids are just wired to be perfectionist, perfectionistic. Um, They would probably be annoyed that I said that word wrong. So there are so when you think about it from a biological perspective, this portion of the population has extra sensitive neurons. Therefore, they are able to identify when they make small mistakes visually or emotionally. So for instance, I do not have this situation when it comes to visual like stimulation, but some folks are so visually perfectionistic, right? They can see every little thing that's out of place because their neurons are extra sensitive. They can pick up on that information. And so for them kind of seeing you know, handwriting that doesn't look good or a number that's slightly out of order or things that aren't just in a row or a hair that has gone astray. Visually, they are able to pick up on that information and it drives them crazy. That's just the way they're wired. There's not much we can do about that physiologically, except for lean into it and learn how to manage it. But some kids are just wired to be perfectionists. They're picking up the data when something is wrong in a more extreme way than other folks. So another contributing factor as to why kids might put pressure on themselves is their family factors and the pressure that we as parents may inadvertently be putting on those kids or genetically the way those kids are wired. If you are listening and you consider yourself to be a high achieving individual or a perfectionist yourself, or you know um, the parent of your child also falls into this category, genetically, we know that your kid is going to be wired this way. So you yourself are likely a high achiever, a high performer. You've had 40, 50 years to figure out how to cope with that genetic loading. Your kids have only had 15 years to figure out how to cope with that genetic loading. And so they might be similar to you when you all were growing up. 
That being said, if you're doing really well in your profession or in whatever it is that you do in your sports, your kids are watching you all, their first role models, be excellent. And that puts a different level of pressure on the kids, whether we say it or we don't say it. So even in in my family, so I'm a competitive swimmer. And when I, I've had my kids watch me swim, swim meets, they've watched me do pretty well in swim meets. And to them, I think it looks easy for me. And you know, it's very, very sweet of them to be so supportive of me. I really appreciate it. And I know that when they go to their own swim practice or they go to their own swim meets, they feel an extra level of pressure because it looks like it's easily achievable. Now, to be honest with you, the number of 45-year-olds that I'm competing with is like one one thousandth of the number of eight and under swimmers there are in Charlottesville, Albemarle. So it's a lot easier for me to be successful. But because they see me being successful, they think they should be successful too. And that adds another level of pressure. And that goes for people who are people in work, people with friends, people with the way they look, right? So if you yourself as a parent are doing pretty well, your kids are going to feel pressure to do well too. The next factor would be a social factor which is if your kid is in a school or in a peer group where kids are pretty high achieving and doing pretty well, your kid is going to pick up on that information. It's actually a really healthy tool that people pick up on the values and pick up on the feelings of people around them. Evolutionarily, it's what's protected us from other you know, other tribes or other external forces that could hurt us. Working together as a team and being in tune with your team is actually a really healthy strategy. Sometimes people call that peer pressure. And it's usually you think about it negatively, but in a lot of ways, it's actually very positive as well. If you have your kid with a group of kids that are doing really well and making good choices, they are picking up the signals from other teenagers and want to do well too. However, Just like that peer pressure can go in the negative way, if that peer pressure is everyone is absolutely perfect all of the time, that can be overwhelming for your children. And they might say, you know, I am okay getting a B plus in chemistry, but everyone around me is getting an A, therefore I'm not good enough. So if you have your kid in a social situation or a school where everyone is high achieving and high performing, your kid naturally is going to pick up on those signals. It's a really healthy thing overall. They just have to be able to figure out ways to turn it off when it's becoming too much. Additionally, socially, kids are spending a ton of time on social media. And we all know that social media is where things look perfect. And so our kids are comparing their regular selves to someone who has spent an hour curating a perfect picture or a perfect narrative, which I mean, you have teenagers, you see how long it takes for a kid to create an Instagram post or a Snapchat or whatever it is they're doing. And kids are comparing themselves to something that is curated. And that is making kids put a ton of pressure on themselves to be perfect as well. Additionally, there is this sense that college is the end-all be-all and kids have a very finite period of time to perform and to be perfect. And then once they 
get into college, they can let it go. It actually doesn't work that way, but that's the narrative that kids have been told. And so they feel like they have to be perfect their junior, senior year in order to have a good life. And that puts additional pressure on kids. And finally, the factor that I think is most interesting when we think about the pressure that kids put on themselves is the type of data that kids get on who they are and how we measure who these kids think they are. So what I mean by that is kids, we all are kind of data geeks right now. There is something so nice about seeing hard data. If you're a scientist, if you're in you know, if you're in education, if you're into fitness, you know that numbers let us know, are we doing better? Are we doing well? Or are we not doing as well? It's a very clean black and white measure on our status. So we give kids grades, black and white measure on who they are. We give kids likes and follows on Instagram. It's a very clean measure of who that person is, how that person's doing. We give kids times. We give kids data on their athletic performance. And that hard data is very, very powerful in how kids perceive themselves. I just talked to some teenagers who have said, like, if I get a 98 on a test, I think I am the best human being in the world. I'm killing it. I'm high as a kite. If I get a 78, all of a sudden, I feel like a piece of trash, like I'm unworthy. And really, that's just related to a number on a chemistry test. It's not a true measure of who a person is. And so one of the things I talk about is we need to start having more data or put more time into reflecting on the values that are more important, which is, are you kind? Are you hardworking? And if we can put some more proactive thought into how we talk about that with kids, then it's going to help with the hard data. But I'll get to that in a few minutes. If you are enjoying this episode and want more mental health support for you or your family, visit us at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. We're a mental health practice with offices in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, and Northern Virginia, and we provide teletherapy across Virginia and North Carolina. We offer psychiatry, individual, child, and family therapy, and even have some after-school appointments available. Again, that's www.virginia, spelled out, familytherapy.com. Thanks so much for listening. So we've gone through the individual, family, social like society causes as to why kids put so much pressure on themselves. Let's talk about ways to intervene. So this is the first strategy that I always talk about, which is in order to combat this overload of data on academics and athletics and social standing, we need to figure out what our true values are with our kids and make sure we are measuring our kids against those true values regularly and honestly, nightly. And what I mean by that is in in my family, a true value is just like being nice and being kind and being accepting of people and being friendly and warm and developing relationships. Now, At the end of every day, I say to my kid, usually like, do you have any homework? Did you get any grades? Right? Like I'm talking to him about this data. I very rarely, actually I do it now because I've thought about it and I know this strategy and is essentially, I also leave the same amount of time, if not more, 
to talk about who were you nice to, right? Like, who did you connect with today? When were you kind? When did you meet someone new and say something thoughtful? Because we give all this airtime to academics. Why are we not giving all this airtime to what we truly think is the most important, which is being kind or working hard? So I try to really combat some of the pressure that kids put on themselves by making sure I'm giving equal airtime, equal attention and talking to my true value of being kind instead of just like this hard data that's a lot easier to talk about. So make sure you fit that in every night. The second strategy I use is to, as an adult, model making mistakes. Like I said, if you have a high achieving kid, you're likely high achieving as well. And you might have put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect. And your kid picks that up. So if you start modeling the mistakes that you're making, which of course you're making mistakes, you're a human being, everyone's a human being and makes a ton of mistakes a day. If you start modeling them and talking about them and saying it's okay to make them, your kids are going to feel more able to make them as well. For instance, I I made a mistake with a friend the other day and I talked to my oldest about it. Just like, oh, I said this. It wasn't the nicest thing I've ever said. I feel badly about it. I'm anxious. I'm worried. And, And he really helped me think through kind of what to do. And so it's modeling making those mistakes. And so if I'm saying it's okay that I do it as an adult who's had all this time on this earth and is his role model, then he's going to be more inclined to come to me and say like, hey, mom, I made a mistake. How can I think about this? How can I work through it? So modeling and talking about making those mistakes. Another thing I always remind myself and I remind my clients is just like the kids, there is a sense of looking for adults, looking around at our peers and thinking we want to look like them or if they're able to do it, we can do it too. For instance, like number of activities that a family is doing. Or even for me, I'm like, how can other families get their kids to go to swim practice? And it's so hard for me. Like my kids just have meltdowns about it, right? Which is good data in and of itself, right? I'm paying attention to that. But what you have to realize is that when we look at other families and we compare our own family to that family, That is what is perpetuating this cycle of go, 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 go in American culture. And it's also, y'all, it's not working. There is a mental health crisis for kids and teenagers right now. There are high levels of anxiety, high levels of depression to the likes that we've never seen. The CDC just came out with more data on that. So we cannot look to what other families are doing as a fair measure because it's likely that the kids in in other families are struggling with mental health. In fact, if we want to do something different and we want to protect mental health of our kids, then we likely need to not do what the Joneses are doing. So it's really looking about that, looking around and being thoughtful and mindful about what you're doing in your family and not just doing what the people around you are doing. That being said, I do understand that it really does feel like college is this you know, we have to do a certain number of things to get to college. And I think in some ways, it's really, really sad for a certain portion of the population. It does feel like your kid has to have a mental health condition in order to be successful. I don't think that's necessarily true. But that's the argument that I get a lot of times is, 
you know, other kids are able to do all these things. If they want to be able to get into a good college, they do need to get straight A's. Therefore, they can only get six hours of sleep. And that's a really hard balance to walk. And so I think it's knowing that you're walking that and and being thoughtful and thinking about it. Another strategy I talk to kids and families about is being really thoughtful about where you put your energy and where you put your time. And in that, you are thoughtful about the things that you let slide. When we have perfectionistic kids that want to do well in all of the things, really, they can't lead a balanced life. They can't be healthy. It's too much pressure. And so I sometimes work with kids around what can you let go, right? Like, if you have a math test and Spanish homework, well, it's okay to do the Spanish homework at like 80% so that you can focus on the math test. If you are an excellent, excellent athlete and and in, and you have real potential athletically to go places, it might be worth being okay getting Bs academically as long as it's a a choice that you're making intentionally and thoughtfully. And I think, especially if it's with a kid and a parent, I think parents have to okay it and kind of say, yes, I'm okay if you're trying to get like B pluses in this because you're really focusing on your golf game right now or whatever it may be. But it's it's looking for those places that it is okay to slide because some kids just want to be perfect at everything. And it's not possible. So it's being intentional and thoughtful on the things that you let slide. Another strategy is to help kids put their stress and anxiety in its its place and putting relaxation in a place, right? So there are times in our lives where it's really useful to be stressed and have anxiety and feel our pressure. In order to balance that, we also need to have times where we are not stressed, we don't feel pressure. And I think one of the things that's hard for teenagers is that a teenager might be wanting to relax. You know what? This is like hard for married couples too. It's like one person is trying to relax and the other person feels a level of stress or anxiety in that moment. And how do you balance those two different experiences? And so for a teenager, they might find, especially a high stress pressure teenager, they might finally be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to relax. Like, I can't wait to just sit at the dinner table and chill. I mean, I don't know if that ever happens, but you get the idea. And then the parent will come home and be like, hey, how was school today? Or, hey, how's that homework going? And just talking about it from the parent automatically increases the kid's anxiety. And so, and as a high achieving, like high pressure parent, even for me, it's really hard to kind of turn off my like, go, go, go attitude that I have. And I have to be really mindful about not just talking about those types of things with my kids. My kids love to talk about video games or, you know, clothes or arsenal or, you know, other people's sports teams. Like I like to talk about their sports teams. And I like to talk about their friends and their academics, but there is a world of other way more relaxing things that we can be talking to our kids about. And so if we can set some protected times for our kids to A, talk about things that put pressure on them, and then B, talk about 
just fun things. It can help kids really relax more when it's time to relax. And what I mean by that might be, you know, twice a week, you have a conversation with your kid about their grades. So and and maybe you set those times aside and say, hey, you know, today we're going to do a 20 minute check in Tuesdays and Fridays. Don't do it Fridays. That's boring. Wednesdays and Sundays, we do a 20 minute check in on academic stuff. And we know that's what we're going to talk about. And it's our only pressure time. And then during dinner, during the week, we never talk about schoolwork. So it's so that they can actually relax and turn their brain off around the pressure. And so you're not bringing it to them. So the idea is really help setting boundaries around when do you talk about the pressure stuff? And when do you allow yourself to relax? You have to do it too, as a parent in order to teach your child how to do that. This was a long episode around stress and pressure. I hope that you find it useful. I hope if your kids really are having a hard time managing the stress and pressure, you can always call a therapist to see if it's kind of bebopping into a more worrisome range or also talk to your doctor. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again.